for 12 years in a row. Ranking Arizona's number one most trusted referral network, rosieonthehouse.com. And we're privileged and happy to have you. And over three decades of Rosie on the House. Good morning, Arizona. You're in my house, Rosie on the house. And you know, living in my house is like living in the future. We told you six weeks ago to get ready for the monsoon season. And if you'd have just been doing everything we were telling you to do, you would have been able to sit back and absolutely enjoy this event that just passed through virtually the entire state of Arizona. There, but I can tell by the phone calls, many of you didn't do <laughs> all the things we were encouraging you to do. Well, and there were some places that the uh, force of nature was too strong, even if they did it all right. Oh, boy. They still got hammered hard. It, this, this was quite an event, quite an event. And you and Greg Peterson talk regularly about water harvesting. I determined that if I had been harvesting the water off my rooftop, I would have harvested enough to fill half a swimming pool, about 9,000 gallons. That's a lot of water. Now, you could, now, now, if you stop and think about, and that's in one event. That's not over the course of the year. That's in a, we, we've got rain gauges. That, this that, week. We've got rain gauges in our neighborhood that are registering close, over two and a half to three inches of rain. And uh, so you think about that over the course of a year. Now, how about if you would codify rain harvesting for communities that we could find a purpose for that water how many millions and millions of free gallons of water falling out of the sky could we do something with it 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 has always been argued that phoenix never got enough to make it worth the investment and that you'd have to be in tucson where they get a little bit more rain on average but you know in light of you know, Lake Powell's expected to hit its all-time low <laughs> since it was filled this weekend. You know, the, the argument starts becoming, you know, this isn't a financial return on investment we're looking for. This is more of a survival it's, investment and, you know, making the most out of our water resources investment. If there was some kind of community reutilization of this water, I think it would be critical. I'm not sure how we could incorporate that. But the other thing that this storm does, other than generate absolute a blessing of moisture throughout the entire state i all national forests are now open with no fire restrictions how about that that's a big hallelujah right there get out and enjoy this beautiful state but the other thing this weather can bring out are fraudulent storm chasers and like i said living in my house is like living in the future Several weeks ago, we reached out to our good friend, Mr. Jeff Fleetham, the, the director of the Registrar Contractors, and said, Director, would you mind uh, planning a Saturday? You could come in and talk to us about uh, all you deal with in the agency uh, with storm chasers. So we set this date a couple weeks ago, and it couldn't have been timed perfect. Director, thanks for coming in this morning. Well, thanks for having me, Rosie. I'm glad to be here in Romy. My phone's been busy. I know your phone's been busy. (laughs) Well, it it certainly will be on Monday. That's (laughs) for sure. Uh, That's for sure. So, you know, 
We get rain in Arizona, contrary to popular belief from a lot of people that come in here. Uh, I mean, I grew up here in this state, you know, and I was just talking to Jennifer, the lovely Jennifer. Yes. Uh, and uh, God bless you, Jennifer. Rosie, you <laughs> drew the long straw there. Yes, I did. Uh, in 1973, when my son was born, all the bridges were washed out except the Mill Avenue Bridge. And we lived in Mason. We had to get up early to drive Ooh. to the hospital for my son to be born because the only way we could get across from Mesa to Phoenix was the was the Mill Avenue Bridge. All the high, the interstate bridges were oh. down. Everything was down. And the year before that was, I think we had a 500-year flood and a 200-year flood and all these other kind of things, all back yes. to back to back. So... You know, one of the interesting things about, and I'm going to jump in about water, the valley here is one of the richest aquifers in the in the country and in the world. It's it's unbelievable how much water is under the ground here. So it flows down from the mountains. So it's interesting. And then you put that together with the foresight of our pioneers. Absolutely. That harvested all of the surface water through the dams and the, the Salt River Project and the CAP. Right. And um, the underground storage too, so it's interesting. I'm I've, I'm visiting I, with with people all over the country all the time that just say, you know, I don't want to invest in real estate in Arizona because you guys are going to run out of water. Y'all going to be high and dry. Your property is going to be worthless. <laughs> I, I, I said, well, I, you may have us mixed up with Nevada <laughs> or or California <laughs> or California. Exactly. We're we're in good. We're in Arizona. Really, in pretty good shape. Not. That we have enough to waste. Right, absolutely. But we have enough to use. And if you're out with your kids, one of the things I always do when we come through uh, a wash, I always say, all right, guys, dig. How far to water? And that's like, it's always amazing. Is two, three feet is the most we've ever had to go before you start getting that moisture. Like if you're ever out here out of water and come across this wash, just dig. There's there's water under there. Absolutely. Oh, something. man. It's so, not going to taste good, but it'll keep you alive. So we... <laughs> there you go. Either so, does, either does Uzo. But, uh. Now, um, you will, uh, as as many of the Arizona washes have been flooded, I think we're under a, a, a flash flood watch. Yes. Through tomorrow night, through Sunday night, I, many, I think so. many parts right. of the yeah, state. Absolutely. We're going to have Iris Hermosillo from Channel 15 Morning News Meteorologist on in the next hour to talk about this event. Uh, but as as our washes and our streets have been flooded, Director, your office is going to be flooded with inquiries and questions about invariably what we see after right. an event like this. Right. Talk, talk to us about what homeowners should know. If, if they suffered any loss right. or, or, or damage... But how about if they didn't, but someone's knocking on their door saying, yes, you did. Uh, what, what scenarios are you seeing and what can you share with our listeners? Um, well, some, some might, uh, anything that happens to be opinion, I'll probably preface with, this is my opinion. <laughs> okay, good. So um, here's, uh, here's what happens uh, typically uh, after an event like this or anything, whether it's a wind event or a rain event. Um, all of a sudden, uh, homeowners... Uh, or business owners find out, oops, I should have done some uh, regular maintenance, right? Right. Uh, anyway, so, um, and I should have done this thing, I should have done that last year, or I should have done that four months ago, and then all of a sudden now we're in, in a pickle. Um, what makes this particularly tough this time of uh, this year is, one, uh, there's labor shortages, there's material shortages, 
And then, and then uh, you know, if you're in an area that had some wind damage that we had, uh, I think we had some 70-mile-an-hour winds in we parts, did. Of, parts of Scottsdale. We and, did. Uh, and probably in other areas of the state, you know, in some other areas of the state that's compounded on top of some of the, the burns that we have. And so we'll have mudslides and flooding like that. Um, you know, it's urgent. You know, I've got, you know, holy mackerel, my roof is leaking, everything. I need somebody here today, right today. Yeah. Nobody's going to be there today. It's, there's not enough licensed contractors in the state of Arizona or in the state of Arizona and New Mexico and Nevada combined <laughs> to handle all those kind of things all at one time. And so what I encourage people to do, and this is, look, I get it. It's not, is to slow down a little bit, do what you can to mitigate further damage and find somebody that knows what they're doing to fix your, the damage, repair your roof, uh, do those kind of things. Um, also, make sure that they're properly licensed. Uh, not just licensed, uh, you know, uh, I, I love my plumber friends and my electrician friends and uh, my drywall contractor friends, but they are not licensed to fix roofs, right? <laughs> and, uh, and so uh, just because they, someone says they're licensed is another thing. And then secondly, what we get is Arizona is a hotbed uh, for uh, normatic organized crime uh, units, uh, uh, they, they've been called other things in the past. They've been called travelers in a variety of different names. But these are groups that specifically target vulnerable communities. Vulnerable communities, you know, we, we all talk like this, you know, I'm, I'll be 70 in December and I'm thinking, I'm not vulnerable for God's <laughs> sake. But um, vulnerable committee, communities are, are people that are, you know, in a bind. You know, you're in a pickle. You're right up against the wall. My house, my roof just broke, blew off. I'm 35 years old. Some guy knocks on my door, look, I've got extra shingles here. I'll fix your roof. You go, for God's sakes, please do it right now. And so um, uh, just give me some cash. So you give him some cash, and the guy goes, okay, I'll be back uh, later on today, and we'll fix your roof. And uh, guess what? It doesn't happen. Um, and so uh, the one thing that does happen is cash is exchanged. Just something, that, that, cash or a that, check. Yeah, or that, that does happen. That does happen. Something's <laughs> exchanged. If someone comes to you and wants you to pay them cash to do the work, my recommendation, and not just my opinion, my recommendation is run as if your hair is on fire. It, it is, uh, it, that is never a good sign. One, um, one time offer today only for cash. Right. Yeah. Or, or any time <laughs> offer. You have no recourse if you give somebody cash. I mean, you may try to go to uh, law enforcement and things like that, but it's probably, it's just almost like what, you know, what can we do with that? You said you gave this person the cash. Um, make sure they're properly licensed. Make sure that you have a written agreement of what's going to be done that you sign. And if there's something on there that you don't understand, stop, say, I don't understand this. Make yeah, sure yeah. that you tell me what that is. And, and, and one of the things you're going to be doing is you're going to be going, oh, my God, it's still leaking. I can't wait this long. If you don't wait and you jump into one of these things, you're going to be out three, four, five, twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 from doing business with an improperly licensed or an unlicensed entity, and there's no recourse. Yeah. I always encourage you, though, to file a complaint with the registrar. But if they're properly licensed, you got the recovery fund. So. And if you did that route, you were talking about, I can't wait that long. Well, you're out all that money and nothing got done. Nothing got done. <laughs> so and, and you're out even roofer, longer. Sorry. Wouldn't, wouldn't a good roofer offer to tarp that for you? They would, or something. They would do something to mitigate it. Whether it was, uh, okay, I'm going to throw something over the top. I'm going to tarp it. I'm going to do something like that. 
Uh, but then they go, you know, like in October of 2010 with the hailstorm. Oh, you yeah. know, 150,000 oh. roofs. They're not an extra 150,000 tarps no. <laughs> in the city to get that stuff done immediately. We're here so, this morning so. with the director of the Registrar of Con- the Arizona State Registrar of Contractors, Mr. Jeff Fleetham. Jeff, thanks for coming in. Thanks. When we get back, Jennifer wants to ask you a question about a two-legged roof rat in a pickup <laughs> truck that she actually met this week. And then we've got a listener that knew you would be in this morning and specifically wrote in a couple questions. Gotcha. So we're going to cover all of that and more here at Rosie on the House all right. with Director of Registrar of Contractors, Mr. Jeff Fleetham. One triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. One triple eight Rosie for you. Text questions can be sent to four one one nine two three or email info at rosieonthehouse.com to join the conversation in studio with the Arizona Register of Contractors Director, Mr. Jeff Fleetham, talking through, you know, basically what, storm chasers. That what, what to be careful of right now. Uh, and I think we'll start this segment uh, with Jennifer's questions about a two-legged roof rat in a pickup truck <laughs> she, she met this week. You know, I have learned a lot listening to this show over the years. <laughs> and the other day I drove, I pulled up in a neighbor's, at a neighbor's house and their neighbor was having a roof put on. And so I came up from the back of, it was a trailer, you know, behind and a truck up front. And in the back, the um, logo was printed on a piece of like yellow plastic, as in like a garbage bag plastic, and it was stapled up there. So I took a picture and then uh, drove forward and looked back over my, you know, over my shoulder. And the front was a beautiful, beautiful, lifted, you know, highly accessorized black, um, pickup from texas so i'm thinking one flag two flag so then i came home and i looked up and um so some of the things we teach people were okay you know he was licensed uh the name matched the owner um they had been in business for a while though the roofing division was only two years old but then i just put their name in the google search just to see if i could find some reviews and up pops this video on youtube and it's a training of this company. These people had the audacity to put on YouTube themselves being trained by someone who, who trains salespeople. And they call them knockers in this, you know, your travelers, knockers, whatever. And part of the thing was called hustle. So they're teaching these guys oh, to hustle. Yeah. Oh. And they are teaching them how to kind of manipulate people into Here's how you knock on the door. You can make, we're not talking $100,000. We're talking $200,000 a year. And you can be in all this talk. I was absolutely appalled. It was nothing about the quality of the roof or, you know, how, they talked about wanting to help people. But all they were talking about was how they were going to make money. I'm so surprised anyway, it was on YouTube. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I kept double checking. Oh, idiot would do I that. Know. They were in their local church. Here's, Who here, in their right mind would hire that? Here's my team's training. <laughs> So, uh, so oh, as a homeowner, man. think about it. So either you can hire someone that knocks on your door and has been trained to hustle you, or you you call, you do your research, you call someone who cares about roofs and knows about roofs, and you find someone who's reputable and been in your... You listen to Mr. Fleetham, and you listen to Rosie, and you do it the right way. So, Jennifer, will you uh, send that over to my office? <laughs> I will do that for you, yes. So, look, uh, firstly... Um, 
that's that's a little troubling. Uh, secondly, for anybody that goes to work for that company, you ain't going to make $200,000 <laughs> a year. You know what he called it? He called it the roofing the eighth wonder of the world. That was how they were. Right, yeah. Because you, you could make so much money. Yeah, and but the, you, but interestingly, <laughs> the only person making the money is the guy doing that pitch. To yeah, that's guys, right. So. That's right. Door. Yeah, and he was out of Florida, and he even right. openly, they were on roofs in Arizona. Right. He's like, I've never seen these. I'm from Florida. We don't have roofs like these. I'm right. like, so this is somebody that openly has never seen this roof before. You're going to allow to train your right. company? Right. <laughs> so uh, uh, knockers, uh, my... If someone came to my door and knocked on the door and said, I can offer you this construction service, I would I would offer them an opportunity to walk off my property immediately. There is no reason for me to hire somebody that comes to my door and tells me something that, you know, your roof looks bad, you're this nice, I'll call my roofer. Uh, I'm not going to do business with anybody that knocks on my door, personally. That's it. I'm just not going to. And I'm going to recommend nobody do it so it's not Just, not not all those people are i'm not saying that's I mean, right i'm not saying that but if someone comes to your door my 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 opinion is this get their information ask them for their license most of the time they don't know what the license is which is very fun because these knocker guys uh, don't even know what they work for right what do you mean a license i get that so ask them for the license the name of the company and say i will get back to you give me your name and i will tell them uh, when I call them to do business with them, you're the guy that told me. You're the guy that knocked on my door, so you get your commission. And, and that virtually they never do. And an out-of-state license plate on a vehicle isn't particularly a bad omen either, because every, <laughs> every contractor I know is advertising across the country. Right. If you're not happy where you are and you're in this trade, we need you in Arizona. Right. So, uh, but it's it's but it deserves to be a question that gets an answer. Right. Okay. So license, bonded, and insured is the standard beginning point for screening anyone to let them work on your property. The warning, the little red warning beacons should be if they're soliciting you, either by phone or by knocking on your door, that should be a warning sign. It should be someone you know someone you've researched and we are going to be flooded by victims mm -hmm. in the next several weeks and yep. we're here to try and protect you we've got another half hour coming up of doing nothing more than protecting you the arizona homeowner I was listening to music much like this the other night on the patio, listening to the rain hit the patio roof. When a bolt of lightning <laughs> hit the telephone pole across the street. Boom. And I went from sipping a nice glass of wine, relaxing to some good music, to having three dogs clawing at my face. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Yeah, that's something. That's the closest I've ever been. To an actual lightning strike. It's it's. Uh, we thought we got hit. It's yeah. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? When that happens. Oh so. man, we're here with the director of the Arizona Registrar of Contractors. Let me just give you a few statistics from the agency. Over forty-three thousand active licenses. Okay, 
So there are some people that would assume that results in 17 million complaints. 43,000 plus licenses, license complaints, 2,000. Talk about what the licensing does for, for vetting a lot of the guys out there in business. Okay, Just so the history of the yeah, agents. Like, it was kind of a self-protective okay. device is what got set up. Yeah, yeah, when I was born, I was very small, that kind of thing, <laughs> right. Um, so uh, the uh, Arizona State uh, Legislature uh, enacted legislation to create the Register of Contractors in 1931. So I won't go any further than that. Um, what, uh, uh, if I want to be a licensed, uh, if I want to be a contractor in the state of Arizona and do uh, construction work, uh, then the statutes say I must be licensed. Um, now there's a variety of different licenses. You know, if I'm, an, if I want to start an, uh, electric electrician's company, I need to have an electrical license, a plumbing, I need to have a plumbing license. If I want to be a general contractor, I need a general contractor's license. And there's different requirements. You know, a general contractor can't self-perform their electrical or their plumbing. They have to subcontract to another properly um, licensed company. Uh, they can't hire. Um, they can't hire their their employees. Need to be um, W2s and a variety of different things. If any of the consumers ever have any specific questions, I encourage them to call our office. Um, and I know that Jennifer has our number. Absolutely. Um, so. Um, Say I want to be a, um, a general contractor. Again, some of the general rules are I need to have a certain amount of uh, experience. And uh, y'all, y'all state the years of experience right, correct. for each license. Correct, correct. Yeah. And then I need... Uh, then I need, And that uh, has to be verified. Well, yeah, we, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a verification process that includes some attestations and things like that. Uh, you have to pass an exam. Uh, for instance, if you attest to a certain thing and it's found out later that that's not true, then your license can be a uh, license can be clawed back. Okay. Uh, one of the interesting things we got about forty three, forty four thousand licensed contractors in Arizona. In Arizona, we license businesses, so that every somebody goes, well, that's not sound like a whole lot for a whole state, but these are businesses, and they've got employees that work for them. And so I think in the industry, I think we're thinking there's maybe a quarter million people involved uh, in the construction industry. So think about it that way. These businesses, um, uh, ABC, um, no, that, that might be somebody's <laughs> construction company. I'm sorry. You know, uh, whatever. A certain company might uh, that, that has a license, they may employ 50 people. Sure. They may employ, it, it just may be themselves. And so... What's interesting about this is a lot of people go, well, what about experience and how they f score on their tests and all these other things? We've done, uh, we've done two double ANOVA studies, uh, a analytics, um, going back uh, as far as we can in, in, um, in data, uh, about 50 years, um, uh, and found that there is absolutely no correlation into a if you, if you are one year experienced and scored 70%, which is the minimum to pass the test, or you've been in business 25 years and scored 100%, there's no correlation. You're just as likely to get a complaint one way or the Interesting. other. Interesting. So, um, so th the thing about it is a lot of it is, uh, you know, communication and whether you follow up. 95% uh, go, you know, 94, 93, 95% of contractors never get a complaint. Those that get complaints, some of them are valid, some of them are not. Some of those complaints that they get may be filed by another contractor. It might be some sort of dispute on the site. Um, 
of those uh, complaints, you know, we get about overall com- unlicensed entity complaints and uh, complaints against licensed contractors someplace between 6,500 and 7,500 a year. Of those, only I, I think it's less than 800 end up going to a hearing. So all of those, many of those are resolved all the way through. And of those, um, even if they go to a hearing, then they're resolved afterwards. So um, uh, there's, a few, there's a few things people think, well, you know, I see this guy, he's revoked, he's, he's license jumping, he's all those other things. It's, it's usually not the case. It's, sometimes it's kind of urban legend or you hear from a here, something like that. But um, if your license, is, if a contractor's license has been revoked, that means that there's been some sort of assessment against them. If their license is revoked, they can't get they can't get relicensed for at least a year. And if there's been a settlement against them, they can't get relicensed. They can't get relicensed, or they can't be named on a license until all that money or or that uh, that problem has been resolved. And once that's resolved, then they can start going through the process again. And it doesn't guarantee that they'll get licensed again. So. When I first applied to get my license, uh, I had to learn what a balance sheet was. I mean, the written test asked me questions about estimating. How many blocks does it take to build this length of wall? What's the number one hazard to curing concrete? Mm -hmm. I I had to answer trade questions, Mm -hmm. but I also had to answer some business acumen questions. And then... Then the, then the agency told me, well, where's your bond? Right. I said, I have no idea what you're talking about. Right. Well, you got to go get a bond. So then I called a bonding company, and they said, well, we need your balance sheet. I said, well, I don't know what a balance yeah. sheet. I said, do I carry one of those in my nail apron? What is that? So sure. We had to prove that I had the capacity to financially perform right. uh, well, I, to I'd, a certain degree. So those things, some things have changed there. Um, the... Uh, Government isn't in the business of telling you whether you can open your business. You do have to pass a trade exam okay. and a statute and rules exam, not a business exam. Okay. One of the things we found when I was first appointed uh, was that one of the questions uh, in the in the in the business exam was what is the proper way to uh, to uh, keep your accounting accrual or cash. So that's up to you. Yeah, that's right. up to, yeah, My brother yeah. and I kept cash. I mean, yeah. if, you, if you keep accrual, you got a different IRS reporting things. You do one way or the other. But if I had answered cash, that would have been wrong. And it's not wrong. It's right. Interesting. So, so the government, uh, uh, so I'll speak for myself. It's not our business to tell you how to run your business when it comes to how you account and things like that. Do I still have to get a bond? Uh, it's, a a license, a, it's a licensing bond is required. Okay. It's not a completion bond. It's yeah. a licensing bond. So if you've got a $2 million project and you think the ROC bond is going to uh, cover that, it's not. It's not. Uh, you, you know, as, a, as a people in the business, you may want to get some sort of other kind of bonding thing, I'm, I, you know, whether you talk to a bond company on what you need. Um, one thing that uh, commonly co- that we talk about in the industry, we hear in the industry, is licensed, bonded, and insured. Uh, a contractor is it's not required that a contractor have insurance to be licensed in the state of Arizona. Uh, that's entirely up to um, the licensed contractor. Uh, I would suggest um, that most businesses uh, that are that are viable have some sort of insurance. <laughs> so, and, and, and has that I thought now I mean I pulled my license a long time ago. Right. I thought I had to. I thought I had to deliver a certificate of insurance. You had to workers' comp. Workers yeah, comp. I had to have workers' comp. That was comp. that. So it wasn't, okay. wasn't liability insurance. Oh. Uh, so um, the workers' comp is another thing. Um, 
you know, as, as somebody contracting with a licensed contractor, you can ask for really anything that you want. You know, if the contractor um, wants to do that, if he's willing to give you some, and you may ask for something that's completely out of line, the contractor may say no, but that's a business agreement, <laughs> you know, or uh, the contractor may want something from you and you say no. You know, the contractor says this is going to cost $100,000, and you say, I'm only willing to spend $50,000. It sounds like, to me, like there's not an agreement. Right. Uh, but these are business arrangements that uh, that customers and contractors make together. It's not some sort of uh, uh, some sort of uh, a, a arrangement or business thing that uh, a contractor has to do what you say because that's what you want to do it before the contract signed, right? You know, once yeah. you get the contract signed, then it's an agreement that you've made and you move forward with that. Now, in my travels, the one thing that y'all do here in Arizona with licensed contractors that isn't a national policy, it's very unique. At, 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 at one point, I think we were the only ones that did it. We licensed contractors have to contribute annually to a recovery fund. Right to help give homeowners who have been mistreated by a licensed contractor some avenue of relief. But that's only if you're dealing with a duly licensed contractor. Right. And that's a, that's a recovery fund is for residential, not commercial. So if, uh, if you want to touch a little bit on, on that, uh, I can do that. Uh, sometimes I ramble on a little bit too well, far. Well, let me so ask you talk. this question. So Jennifer gets this one a lot. Okay. Oh, my God. Well, well, last time we talked about the registrar, I had a, a contractor from Tucson that calls often, and he likes to listen to the show, and he always has some good tips and points. And he said, you know, homeowners need to know for sure that they can file against an unlicensed contractor yes. with the registrar. So you, you were kind of explaining to me, Jeff, that's pretty right. um, defined on how that works. We just kind of exactly. explain that. Yes. Uh, firstly, we don't call them contractors, unlicensed. They're okay. unlicensed entities. Okay. In the state of Arizona, to be a contractor, a construction contractor, you need to be licensed. If you're not licensed, you're not a contractor. Um, that, I know that sounds kind of interesting, but you'll hear us when you're, when you're talking to the, uh, the agency people, you hear a lot of time unlicensed entities. So say you get into a, a business agreement with somebody that's not properly licensed. Uh, they tell you you're licensed. Uh, they give you a license number, or they say, I'm working under my friend Bobby's license. Um, all of those things, uh, what they tell you and who they say, it doesn't, that, that's not what matters at, when it comes to, uh, uh, you know, proving a point necessarily. I always encourage you to make sure that whoever you, whoever you do business with, you ask the registrar, are these people licensed? So I'm going to make a point also, typically what happens is these guys will come in, some, some, some person will come in. I'm not saying it's guys because it's, it's men, women. Uh, they come in and they go, look, I'm working under this person's license here. Just write the check, uh, write the check to me personally, uh, and then we'll go there. If someone asks you to write them a check personally, run. Oof. That's Never write a check personally. Only write the check to the person's name on your invoice and on your contract. Not the person's name, the business's name, but... If you run to a situation where you have an unlicensed entity, file a complaint with the registrar. You can do that electronically online through our portal, uh, or you can print those forms off and fill them out and send them in. Please do that always, and then we'll proceed, we'll proceed that way. There's no recovery fund available if you have hired an unlicensed contractor. Could you legally have a little fun with somebody like that? Let's say I was a prankster and I ordered 
a set of checks to account that doesn't exist. Be like, oh yeah, here's a hundred thousand dollars. I'll see you tomorrow. Hand are it to you, him. And- <laughs> are, are you asking me for? Are you asking me for legal advice, Romy? <laughs> Take a, that, that a candid camera to the bank and watch so, him try. Are and you cash a licensed it. lawyer, Jeff? <laughs> <laughs> so I am not. So I look. There's, um, you know, people. Here's here's something I know. I've said this before on the show. Many folks do more due diligence changing their their cell phone plan than they do investigating the people doing business that they're going to write a check for ten, twenty, thirty, fifty, a hundred thousand dollars for. And we see people look. It's not always. It's not always some rube that gets pulled into this, um, like me. It is. There's. Um, this happens with doctors, lawyers. Uh, you know, uh, business people, all sorts of people, all levels of experience get pulled into this, uh, sometimes intentionally because they're hoping to get a better deal. Right. I hired an unlicensed guy. Here's what's going to happen. I hired an unlicensed guy because I knew I was going to get a better deal. When you go to court going, well, I lost, I lost $30,000, the judge is going to go, you just told me you hired this guy. You knew what it was. You're not going to get that. So keep in mind that it's, it's your money. You can you can handle it the way you want, but always file a complaint with the register on unlicensed entity or a licensed contract if you had a problem. This is not like that. So. Come go anytime you like. <laughs> We're just enjoying it. <laughs> cool. We're here this morning. So much conversation during the break. I think everyone's trying to decide, all right, <laughs> which one of those points are we going to wrap up with? Caryopsis. Yeah, there you go. Caryopsis. Corn that is would, a fruit. That, that's uh, what, what you can learn here at Rosie on the House. The uh, director brought us in a clarification of corn. Right. We talked about corn a, f- a few right. months ago. Yes, we did. And uh, before I came, I decided I'd do some of my background uh, checking, and I came up with this. Caryopsis corn is a fruit. Corn as well as is wheat. a fruit. Yeah. How do you spell that? Uh, it's C-A-R-Y-P-O-S-I-S, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty close. Look at that, yep. man. Yep. I could, so. Well, whatever it is, I like it grilled in a black cast iron skillet with nice. butter, onions, and... Uh, Bell peppers, a little mock shoe, little mock shoe. Say, That's man, my mox. favorite way to have. Corn. I have not right eaten breakfast. That's Can I go change the subject back to real? Oh. Well, Jennifer was talking okay. about unlicensed contractors, and and Jeff, with a prior director, uh, I was specifically asked, Rosie, what should we do with unlicensed contractors? And they, it was a very simple answer, but I don't think they implemented that plan. I said, viscerate them. <laughs> well, well, firstly, uh, so that's y'all not, haven't y'all haven't implemented that plan yet. Have we you? can be happy that government doesn't eviscerate people that uh, that don't follow the rules, um, or we'd all be eviscerated. None of us would be here. We'd be in a little pile someplace. Here's uh, here's the typical thing that uh, the firstly uh, the agency is not um, arbitrary and capricious in the way we act. Uh, our goal is never to kick anybody when they're down because it's easier. If someone needs some help, we'll offer a hand. So that doesn't mean if somebody is an unlicensed entity that um, 
that it's just like, oh, that's okay. Um, the, the deal is, is look, you're unlicensed, get licensed. You know, you're going to get a civil penalty. Uh, you're going to have to pay the civil penalty. Get licensed and get licensed now. Um, if um, I'm not going to go through the whole legal process, but if they don't get licensed, then that's problematic. Uh, if you don't pay the civil penalty, that's problematic. So, however, if, you, if you're an unlicensed entity and you get to this point where uh, you've crossed the line into the, uh, the situation where it gets, uh, uh, where it's uh, a couple times that this has happened, and then our investigators, we've got a couple guys and uh, some attorney, an attorney that really look at these cases. We package them together, make sure we have all the information. Uh, we have the, uh, the photos, the lineup photos, and all that other stuff. And we send them to a prosecutor. Now, that is either your municipal prosecutor or your county prosecutor or the AG. And those prosecutors will decide whether or not they're going to prosecute that case. The registrar of contractors doesn't have that authority. It's an administrative agency. You package it and pass it on. Yeah, and we do. And not every one of them. We're not going to send, you know, a okay. guy, you know, a guy uh, painted the side of uh, the neighbor's house and wasn't licensed. Uh, we're not sending that to the agency. Okay. So, but if if it's if it's continual, if it's egregious, if it's something that does that, we put those things together. We send it to your prosecutor. Now, any of those cases doesn't mean that you can't take them as a, as a as a citizen of the state to some other venue, to some other venue uh, jurisdiction, whether you take it to small claims or whatever. Here's an interesting thing: Arizona Revised Statute thirty two eleven fifty three. Chief Counsel, my Chief Counsel Joe Satelli. Um, loves that statute, not not in a way that he loves it, uh, but uh, so but he think, finds it very interesting. So I will give you a synopsis. Please read it yourself. Don't take uh, this is not legal advice. Any person performing construction work that requires a license, and they're not licensed, they have no legal standing in Arizona's courts to sue for money's owed. Now, um, that's really problematic um, to a variety of people that act as, that do, that are performing work that requires to be licensed without a license, okay? So file a complaint. If you've got a complaint, talk to our folks. Always call us with any questions. Can I say that, something too, Jeff? Yes. You know, if, if you think you, you've signed something and, and you think that just wasn't right, you feel it in your gut, you have three days on any signed contract, right? Like three-day right of refusal? I, I, I can't remember the exact is. It's something It's something along that line. If it's signed uh, on your property. On your property, okay. that yeah. kind of thing. Good to know. So, there's Thank you. 32-1158 is the minimum elements of a construction contract to Arizona State Revised Statute, 32-1158. Look at that. Thank you, Director. We appreciate your taking the time to